Remember in the last chapter, chapter 16 of Chamber of Secrets, called, well, Chamber of Secrets, when Ginny tried to talk to Harry and Ron at breakfast, and then Percy came and kind of shooed her away? What if he didn't do that? Uh, In this episode, I attempt to answer that very question. I also have quite a few answers to share from some of you. So thank you for the responses and thank you for listening to Belated Binge Harry Potter, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, your host, doing my best in this episode to rewrite the series one small change in each chapter at a time. Let's do it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to give a huge shout out to Free Elf patrons Alex, Swetlin, and Hottis Navoni. If you want to get shout outs in the episodes, as well as a bunch of other really cool benefits, check out patreon.com slash belated binge. There's a link in this episode, and we're actually going to talk a little bit about Patreon a little later in this episode. If you're new to the show, this is the episode where I theorize on what we would expect to change in the story if we made one small tweak to the plot of the chapter that we're covering. I call it Expecto Plot Changeo. Expecto Plot Changeo. In the last chapter, I asked what if Percy hadn't interrupted Ginny when she was trying to talk to Harry and Ron at breakfast. And I got some pretty interesting responses on this one from social media. First, from Carmen on Instagram. This one just kind of broke my brain for like a second. It says, maybe the control executed by Voldemort prevented her to say anything. So the reason I wanted to share this one first is because, like I said, it kind of broke my brain for a second. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that as I have always read this scene as Percy being the catalyst for Ginny running away and being kind of like embarrassed and uh, being distraught and very emotional uh, because she was really trying to like work up the nerve to tell Harry and Ron what she had been going through that year and kind of fess up and confess to what she believed to be a huge, huge crime, which I mean, it is, she just wasn't really responsible for doing it. Um, So it took a lot of nerve for her to do that and then to be like dismissed by Percy. So like out offhand, I guess I always read that as like, that's why she went running off and like, she just couldn't handle it emotionally. But this, this idea that maybe she was almost tongue tied by the fact that like Voldemort had, or teenage Tom Riddle, I guess you could say, kind of had this control over her adds an element that I had never really even thought of. Like, is it possible that even if she truly felt like she knew what was happening and she knew, like, she had to tell somebody, would there be some semblance of control to where she just couldn't actually speak of it? Like, almost like a secret keeper, Fidelius charm kind of thing, but like, super duper evil and dark and twisted version. I don't know, but I found it really intriguing. And Carmen, thank you so much for the response on Instagram. And funnily enough, um, Carmen hadn't been listening to the podcast. She 
just found that Instagram reel and decided to comment on it. And then when I asked her, hey, are you listening to the podcast? She said, not yet. Where? And I sent her a link. And I'm hoping that means that now she's a listener. So that was pretty cool uh, to have happen on this particular question. So um, let's see here. Who was next? Let's go Amy on Facebook in the Facebook group. That's another thing that there's a link in the show notes to this episode for if you would like to be part of that Facebook group. uh, There is a link to it. It says thinking she wouldn't have been taken if they had known about it from her directly. That being said, someone else could have been taken or even killed if that was the case. And this one also broke my brain. Thanks, Amy. And the reason it broke my brain is because I couldn't think of like how someone else could possibly be a victim if say like let's say Ginny came to like was able to tell Harry and Ron what happened and uh they kind of they were able to save her from being the one that got drugged into the chamber she still is the one with the diary how would anybody else get pulled down there um and i don't have an answer to that but it's an interesting thought-provoking angle to take on this and amy since you know exactly how to get a hold of me um yeah give me more give me more thoughts i want to i want to know Take me down the whole thing. Write that fan fiction. So the last one that I want to share, this one is from Paula. And shout out to Paula because she commented on this both on Instagram and in the Facebook group. She was pulling double duty because uh, it was her comments on the Instagram reel where I let her know about the Facebook group and she joined it promptly and then began engaging there immediately. So that was super cool too. Shout out to you, Paula, for that. But I wanted to, um, I'm taking this version of your thoughts from the Facebook group because the two are very, very, very similar to each other. It says they would have taken the diary to McGonagall or Dumbledore and nobody else would have been possessed or petrified. But without Ginny being kidnapped or the danger of any other petrification, they would never find the entrance to the chamber, the basilisk would still be alive, Harry would never discover the sword, which would never absorb the basilisk's venom, and therefore couldn't be used to destroy any horcruxes in the future. Again, talk about breaking my brain, because who... One of the best things about this series is how it kind of builds on itself in the development that you see in the Easter eggs that are laid early that have an impact on stuff to come later. That's why I like pointing out when things are foreshadowed in the chapters and stuff like that. Like, yeah. And that's why these questions that I've been posing on the podcast have been so fascinating for me because I've, I quickly realized when doing this episode, not episode, when doing this podcast and posing these questions early, early on, I was like, I can't change that much in the thoughts and answers because it'll break the entire story. Like everything has such a ripple effect. And this is exactly that kind of scenario. So Paula, thank you for almost derailing this entire podcast episode. And the reason is because I wrote out my alternate 
course of events that could happen potentially if that conversation had gotten taken place and Percy didn't suck. And when I read this response, I thought I was going to have to scrap the whole thing because I wasn't sure that my alternate (laughs) uh, reality would account for the ripple effect properly. But I think, I think we're going to be good. Uh, But thank you for all the responses, Uh, all the additional conversation that happened because I proceeded to uh, engage in like comment conversations and even some uh, some direct messages uh, with the uh, people who posed their answers to the questions. So thank you all for really uh, thank you for being my Potter friends. That's that's just the way I'm going to say that. And there's going to be a lot more thanks and praise and listener uh, stuff in the back half of this episode. Just letting you know that now up front. Uh, So back to the question. For me, this one's kind of crazy. I want to think, I want to think that if Percy didn't just shoo Ginny aside, she would have told Harry and Ron everything she'd been dealing with for the entire year. How she's been losing time, waking up covered in rooster blood, how she was writing with Tom Riddle in the diary, how she tried to get rid of it, how she took it from Harry's dorm so that Tom couldn't possess him and make him open the Chamber of Secrets. And that the three of them, they would just they would just go straight to Professor McGonagall, who undoubtedly would contact Dumbledore immediately, probably with a badass Capitronus. Dumbledore would come save the day, Harry would tell him he thought that it was Myrtle who was killed 50 years ago. They'd all go have a nice little chat with Myrtle in her bathroom. She'd describe how she died. Dumbledore would recognize it as a basilisk. Ginny would confirm. Harry would realize that that was why he could hear this voice all year. They'd go to the sink. Ginny would know which one. Harry would open it. And Dumbledore would go kill the basilisk and take the diary. Recognize it as a horcrux and destroy it. Presumably with Fiendfire? which he would actually be powerful and skilled enough to be able to control, and he would know that that could kill a Horcrux, which I'm not really sure why he didn't go that route with the ring, if I can be honest. Um, But I think my theory on that is that he was trying to figure out a way, like try to confirm a way to kill it that Harry could actually use, because Harry is not good at magic, and he is not controlling Fiendfire. Anyways, um... That that's one potential path that could go. And I would like to think that it's a very possible one. Although, that one certainly doesn't account for the ripple effect. But that's not why I'm saying... That's not why it wasn't my, uh, my chosen path for the story to take. Because, let's face it, this is a YA novel. Which means we need the children to be the heroes of the story. We can't have the adult, most powerful wizard alive. Just take care of it for them. You know, like logic would say. So there'd have to be something that made Harry have to be the one to save the day. It's his name on the front of the book cover. Although, again, I would argue this is the story of Albus Dumbledore versus Voldemort told through the eyes of Harry Potter, but either way, it's Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, not 
Ginny Weasley, Albus Dumbledore, Prof McGee, or freaking anybody else. It has to be Harry. He's got to save the day. And most importantly, he has to destroy the diary. So how do we get there? Well, what if Ginny did tell them? And what if they decided as a group they wouldn't go to Prof McGee? Because they were afraid that Ginny would get expelled. Let's face it. It's not that crazy. For one, they're 12. And this is a school. And these books are absolutely littered cover to cover, beginning of the series to end, with this balance of kind of like silly school drama and the stakes of just everyday life for a child in a school with the phase, uh, the fate of the wizarding world just resting on the shoulders of a child. Let's just say it that way. Like, <laughs> those two things are juxtaposed throughout the entire story. So the idea that these children would be like, oh no, we don't want to get Ginny in trouble. It's not her fault. We'll figure out a way to take care of this ourselves. It's it seems pretty much spot on to me, to be honest. Uh, we we always have time for house cups, detentions, fear of expulsion. It's right in line with all of that. So instead, we have Harry, Ron, and Ginny trying to solve the mystery and to get rid of the diary. Maybe they try to rip it and it doesn't work. Maybe they try to cut it and it doesn't work. Maybe they even try some 12-year-old magic. I'm guessing that Expelliarmus ain't doing shit on this diary. It's a horcrux. Not not helping. Harry's useless. Hermione can do the little blue flames, but that flame isn't strong enough to kill a horcrux. So, maybe they give up. Kind of like the locket, how they just hang on to it until they figure out how the hell we're going to destroy this thing. They just hang on to the book. And then maybe they decide to go to Myrtle's bathroom. Ginny already knows where the sink is. Harry could open it. And maybe, just maybe, having the diary in their possession, opening the Chamber of Secrets, and having already tried multiple ways of destroying the diary would trigger the defenses and Tom Riddle would possess Ginny. The connection is there. He had to possess her to get her down to the chamber alone. So the idea that he could do that with an audience, I think is spot on with how magic works in this world. And who's to say he doesn't somehow knock Ron out in the process? And then we could still end up with our same ending. It's Tom Riddle possessing Ginny to get down to the Chamber of Secrets, to presumably try to take over her life force and make himself a full-fledged, a fully, a real boy. And Harry, by himself, coming down to try to save the day. And then things could play out the way that they played out. The Basilisk, Fox, the Sword, lots of blood, just like what we actually get in chapter 17. What do you think? How'd I do? 
let me know in that Facebook group that I mentioned a couple of times already. There's a link in the show notes for this episode. And that officially wraps up our chat from chapter 16 of Chamber of Secrets. So now let's go ahead and set the stage for the next one, kicking things off with the expecto plot changeo question for chapter 17 of Chamber of Secrets. The heir of Slytherin is, what if Fox hadn't shown up at all? How would this thing end? (laughs) How does that impact the entirety of the series? Let me know your thoughts to be included in our next Expecto Plot Changeo discussion. I will, as always, share this question with a video on social media, Instagram and Facebook Reels, YouTube Shorts, and TikTok. I will pose it on Twitter and in that Facebook group. You can respond on any of those platforms at Belated Binge or as a voicemail on the website belatedbinge.com. Now, with that in the books, get it? Because we're talking about books. (laughs) That's a dad joke because I'm a dad reading kids' books for a podcast. What I was planning to do here was a, a Lumos topic, try to shed light on something that was related to the chapter, some thought-provoking theory, or uh, check in with Dumbledore maybe, something like that. Instead, I've decided for this episode, I want to shed a little light on the podcast. And I know, I, I know, you listen to these episodes so you can hear about Harry Potter. You're probably not here for me. You're here for your favorite characters and for Hogwarts. And I'm just a, a vessel that hopes to bring you the, that little dose of magic into your lives in hopefully an entertaining way. But for me, if I can take you to this side of the microphone, this podcast is a significant project that I pour an embarrassing amount of time into, a lot of love and a lot of energy goes into this, it's it's a lot. And to be honest, it's not really growing that much. Um, I've been trying really, really hard to grow the audience of this podcast, and not much has caught a ton of traction in that regard. And sometimes... Honestly, that can be pretty discouraging. Um, but then, that <laughs> that's not the point of, of what I'm going to get to. The, the point of what I'm going to get to here is there's plenty of those times when I open up the stats and I think, you know, maybe, we, maybe we've got that, that massive spike in listenership that, that you kind of dream of when you start a podcast. And while there's, there have been some some moments where um, you know, downloads have increased uh, quite a bit and I've been super uh, intrigued by that and stuff like that things it's it's kind of tapered back down and it's sort of a steady flow and I, I look at the data a lot and I'll I'll probably talk about the data here uh, in a bit but the point of what I'm trying to get to is like even though there's a lot of times that I do that and I open it up and I have that moment of like, well, not yet. You know, hasn't 
hasn't hasn't hasn't really taken off yet um i have plenty of those moments and then i have these other moments and these other times that something happens and it just rejuvenates my passion for this project and it and it motivates me to keep going with it and i just wanted to share some of them with you and i hope that you'll stick through to the end and and listen to them even though this isn't strictly potter focused this is um this is more about you this is more about the podcast this is more about um a little bit about me but uh more just about the show um and I want to start with something that happened a few months ago uh, and give a, a huge shout out to Amy. You heard me mention her on previous episodes. You've heard me mention her on this very episode because she comments on nearly every Expecto Plot Changeo question. She was the first to use the voicemail feature on the website, the only person that's used it multiple times, and one of the first to join that Facebook group and is active even when it's just the two of us talking to each other. And there isn't anything else going on in there. She doesn't have to do that. She doesn't have to engage in that way. And the reason for that is the part that you don't know about Amy. Amy's my cousin. She can talk to me anytime she wants. She has a direct line of communication and knows where I live. But she chooses to spend time out of her life with kids and work and dogs and life happening in chaos, just like everybody else is living in. She not only listens to this podcast, but she engages with this podcast in to an extreme degree. She was even my first review on Apple Podcasts. She also designed the show artwork that you see on it now. I think we started it. Uh, well, that would that would have been about a couple months ago. I like I mentioned earlier is when the new the new artwork every every cover art for the episode every social media profile picture the banners that go with those on the website all of it all of those graphics she she made that stuff for me she thought up the design strategy she. She made the little dude on the broom look like me, put the backwards hat on him and all of that. She didn't have to do any of that either. And she wouldn't let me pay her. The only thing she'd let me do is get her access to the Patreon bonus feed so she didn't have to pay for it. And that's not nearly enough for how valuable she's been to me and this podcast. So, Amy, thank you so much for being awesome. Another really, really just invigorating thing uh, to share is that I now have two patrons. You've heard their names, Alex and Hottis. They both signed up for the free elf tier, which gets some bonus content and shout outs on every podcast episode. And I'm bringing them up today because the two of them at that tier, I was able to upgrade the hosting platform for this podcast instead of using one that um i was not super thrilled with um but it was free (laughs) uh and it it was a good free uh hosting platform but uh this 
I now am able to pay for a hosting platform that has a lot better data and analytics. It has some, a lot more features to it that I hope I'll be able to leverage to help me grow this podcast. And I couldn't do it without having those two patrons. But that part, that part's just monetary. And while sure, that is absolutely motivating. That is the ultimate goal here, right? Like, um, I, I love sitting here doing this podcast. I love talking uh, about these books. I love having the engagement with you and the interaction. And, and I love what's happening on Patreon and all of that. But like, yeah, it would be fantastic if I was had a huge Patreon uh, community that was contributing to the podcast and it became a, a source of income. Hell, it would be like a really, really, really cool thing if it was like, blew up insanely and I was able to just like become a full-time podcaster that would be insanity and amazing um but that's not the that's not the like reason uh that I'm doing this and and it's not the reason that I'm so grateful for those two patrons oh and and what they've done for me particularly recently it's it's something else where they both sent in uh, either through messages or commenting on the posts on Patreon their own questions and thoughts that have been really, really like thought-provoking. And I took both of those and I made them two separate bonus episodes completely personalized for them. I never thought to make that a patron benefit, but it's one of the most enjoyable things that I've done podcasting so far. To have these two humans who have found this show valuable enough to pay their own hard-earned money for the content that I'm putting out is humbling on its own, and that I'm extremely grateful for. But then, to have them engage with me directly and be able to tailor content directly to them... Like it's their own little private show, audio, I'm my clothes are on, let's not get weird. But it's so rewarding to me as the you know, the creator of a podcast to have that. It makes me want to make more content. And luckily, they both seem to like the behind the mic style episodes that are a little bit more raw from the audio perspective, but I'm able to just share a lot more of them a lot more frequently because I can record them during my everyday life and kind of give that more raw, uh, unfiltered perspective on the series on just random Potter topics that come to my head in that moment. And I love that they love those because I can do those and pump those out a lot more. And so I've been putting a lot more content onto Patreon lately. Um, so Alex and Hottis, I say it every episode, but seriously, I couldn't do this thing without you. And I mean that literally, if you weren't there, this podcast might not have continued at a couple of those points that I mentioned earlier, where I've gotten a little discouraged at how my inability to get it in front of more people and, and, and grow the show to, uh, what I, what I wish that, that it can be. So, um, thank you both immensely. A couple more things that have happened recently to kind of breathe life into me as a host as well came from, uh, from listeners, not, not 
patrons, but just but listeners that um, that listen to this podcast, starting with Katie in Virginia. I really enjoy your podcast, and I really enjoyed your headcanon about the twins. My favorite part about the Triwizard competition was at the very end about what Harry did with the money. I think he galvanized the twins in order to galvanize their commitment to their joke shop. And like I said, that's my favorite part about that whole tournament was at the very, 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 very end. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Katie, thank you so much for the kind words. I'm stoked to have you here with the podcast. And whenever you download and listen to this episode, I, I hope that uh, I hope it brings you joy. That's that's all I can that's all I can hope to do here. And if you can't remember what Katie's referencing, there is a a headcanon that I shared. Oh, I can't remember. It would have been I guess the Burrow chapter, I believe, uh, when I talked about how I think that the twins spent a lot of time in the in the garage in the shop with Arthur, kind of messing with the with the Muggle stuff and really getting that quality uh, t- quality time with Dad, and that kind of sparked their uh, kind of sparked their interest and intrigue in figuring out how stuff works and how they can manipulated uh, I guess you could say and ultimately I think led to the joke shop wizarding was Weasley's wizard Weasley's wizard wheezes I don't know why I can't say it but uh, Katie I hope you still like the podcast even though I can't say that thank you so much finally uh, a new listener that I mentioned earlier uh, named Paula recently commented on almost every single expecto plot change video on instagram and a few days ago i mentioned a little bit about this uh, we were able to actually have a really really great conversation uh we ended up taking it to the dms on instagram and she had a lot of positive and encouraging things to say about the podcast and it was it was really humbling it was really motivating and uh like i mentioned earlier paul is now in the facebook group and she's super active there. It's been uh, it's been really cool having you. Thank you so much. Welcome to the belated binge family, Paula. I'm I'm sharing all of this with you today. Kind of the the a little bit of the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows of of doing this podcast. Um, just to just to express a little bit of gratitude because I I work really hard on this podcast and and a ton of that work goes into trying to grow it trying to figure out how to get it in front of more people and and I've been trying a lot of different things you've probably noticed some of them when you see the show inside the podcast apps little changes and tweaks that I've made because I spend a lot of time looking at the numbers the data I'm a total data nerd in real life and and that's what I gravitate to with the podcast as well and when I'm discouraged with how many people are listening to the show I remember the stuff that I just talked about these these moments of engaging with you listening to this and and those are more rewarding than than just the numbers of of downloads that happen so whether you're interested in becoming a patron or not i i do want to invite all of you to be as engaged as you can stand to be (laughs) uh with this show use social media use the website Join the Facebook group, and of course, of co- of course, of course, of course, you can join Patreon too. Um, I want this to be a conversation with you because if the 
30 or 40 or so roughly um, that at this moment are caught up with the podcast and and I can see in the numbers consistently listening to like every episode like pretty much right after it comes out if you're engaged if this becomes a community that would be far more rewarding for me than seeing more people listening who aren't engaged so um, thank you so much for the consistent listening for for future people who are maybe behind on, on the podcast and catching up. I see you too. Um, I see in the numbers that like I, I've I've spotted a trend that people who find this podcast, they don't start from where we are. They go back all the way to the first chapter of the first book. From what I can tell predominantly in the numbers because that that first episode is the one that that gets the most activity and then I start to see like if if I if I see some some new life in that episode I start to see the next few trickle chapter um I can't remember what order I did I guess it was chapter two and then chapters three and four of Sorcerer's Stone and then and then they sort of fall in in step and that's that seems to be how people are doing there you're you're binging this thing from the very beginning which is which is so awesome it's the belated binge you can be as belated to the party as you want we're still we're still gonna be doing this thing um and i appreciate you too uh for sure once you get caught up and once you hear this um it's been really cool i hope that this is an okay way to uh to spend this lumos um segment for this week's episode uh if you do want to help the show grow and get in front of more people make sure you're following or subscribe to the podcast whatever app you're using they care if you're subscribed or or following whatever that you know whatever the feature is they they care about that when they when they decide to make the show pop up in like the things you might be interested in for for somebody new or somebody who goes searching for something moving moving it up in the results they care about that stuff uh, please leave a five-star review on whatever podcast app you have uh, if it's if it's apple podcasts say something nice if if you even if you got to make it up <laughs> um it, it really does help and and bonus points if you have like an iphone or whatever and you can go leave a, a five-star review and 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 say something nice on apple podcasts even if you don't normally listen on apple podcasts your reviews are are super helpful um and i would really like to see uh honestly not to get all all crazy but there's actually not a ton of you listening on apple Podcasts, so so if we can if we can crack that one a little bit then i think maybe we maybe we have something in, in the growth department but um either way like your reviews are super helpful no matter what app you're listening in i don't care if you're uh listening on i don't i'll, I'll send this thing an owl post if that's <laughs> if that's what you need uh in order to in order to hear it so um your reviews are super helpful. The fact that you're listening is in, and when, especially when you're engaged, uh, it's, it's super humbling. I appreciate it. Uh, and I do, uh, if you need a little bit more, um, a little bit more incentive, I, I do give shout outs on the podcast when new, uh, reviews are written on Apple podcasts. And, uh, it is Apple podcasts because that's the one that I get like notified and I can actually read something. I don't, like for instance, Spotify has uh, the the feature, and while there several of you have put five star uh, 
reviews or like yeah ratings on spotify i can't thank you enough but i never know when and, and who does that with with apple you you get to sign your name and you get to say something and, and i get to i get to really give you uh give you some give you some love on right back you know on the podcast um speaking of which if you're still listening to this episode uh, i can only believe that it means you really do love this podcast and and i'm super grateful to see you listening every single episode that I post and every single time that I look at the numbers roughly way too many times a day. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to belated binge Harry Potter. This is super fun.